Welcome to Positivity Podcast. I am your host, Christina Mize. This is episode two. Um, And for today's episode, we will actually be talking about the challenges or the obstacles that stand in the way of having a positive thought process. Now, the reason we're going to be talking about that first is because it's helpful if not like paramount, that we know what stands in our way of changing our thought process, um, of trying to change the way that we engage in thinking. So for today, I'm only going to be talking about three main challenges. Um, There is, of course, always other challenges out there, but these three are the biggest, the baddest, Um, they're the ones that most things spawn from, if you want to get strange. Um, and the first one we're actually going to look at is fear. Yes, I know a lot of people out there were thinking, oh, negative thoughts, blah, blah, blah. No, negative thoughts are not a caught and are not the challenge itself. They're more of like, a symptom of the challenge. There's underlying things that cause the negative thoughts. So in this case, fear. Fear causes negative thoughts. What do I mean by that? Well, we'll get there. First, let's actually look at what fear is, because that's important. Um, And I want to make it very clear. I'm not saying that fear is a bad thing. It's part of a very important system that our body has, okay? It's our survival system. Um, So what happens when, let's say, something occurs and we get triggered? We have a fear response. Well, what happens is the amygdala wakes up. The amygdala goes, danger, Will Robinson, danger, oh no, ah! And sends signals to the hippocampus And the hippocampus sends signals to the adrenal glands and the adrenal glands get those signals and they're all like, all right, let's pump this body full of adrenaline and cortisol and let's go into survival mode. Well, what is survival mode? Everybody knows survival mode as the flight, fight, or freeze stance. Okay. What that really means is that your body shuts down what it doesn't need for survival. Oftentimes, this is your digestive system. And it sharpens the senses that we need. Eyesight. Our heart rate goes up. Our blood flow to our muscles increases so that we have faster reflexes, so we can run faster, move faster, do whatever we need to do to be able to overcome whatever fear, whatever, whatever is triggering our survival response. Now, this is all well and good in very specific moments um, when we're triggered to have a survival response. Fear in a continuum is not healthy for our body. Um, A lot of people, so I'm going to switch back and forth. I'm going to try to stay to the word fear, but I want to make it very clear that fear and stress can be the same thing. 
oftentimes when we're stressed out, it's because we're afraid of something, afraid of failing, uh, afraid of succeeding, afraid of being alone, afraid of who knows, afraid of the world, um, afraid of our mortality. So when I'm talking about fear, you can really look at it and see it as stress as well. Okay. So that being said, let's go back to this. Fear can have a lot of impact on our physical health. And I'm not really going to touch too much on that because that's not where I'm concerned. My concern is the impact that chronic fear, chronic stress has on our mental health. And the reason it has this impact on our mental health is because it it really negates the ability to have a positive thought process. So some of the consequences of long-term fear include fatigue. How many of you out there constantly feel tired? Guess what? It's because your body is always in a reactive state. Your mind is in a reactive state. How many of you out there feel depressed, constantly feeling depressed? Again, same situation. You can't really have positive thoughts when you're constantly feeling like you're under attack. And that's what it is with the fear. It feels like we're under attack. We have no idea where the next struggle is coming from. We don't know who the bad guy is, where they are, what's the plan. We're, we're constantly looking over our shoulders and we're constantly wondering where the next pitfall is. That increases our depression. You can't relax. And if you can't relax, how can you sit back and actually be happy in the moment? Surprise, you can't. Um, <clears throat> and then, of course, PTSD. So... PTSD is that that hair triggering, those moments where you're easily startled, um, you lose your cool when someone says something that, you know, for them might be normal, but for you, it's really triggering. It's, it's the language that they use, and it makes you just kind of go, um, for instance, for myself right now, when I hear people say this is the new norm and in regards to COVID-19 and the working from home, and I, I, I instantly get triggered um, because it scares me. The idea that this is our new norm frightens me, and I don't want it to be the norm, and I don't want people thinking of it as the norm. Anyways, that's, that's an example of like PTSD. And I won't go into how that's PTSD for me and blah, 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 blah. Just know that that's kind of what I mean when I'm talking about our, our response to fear and our, and our response to PTSD. Okay. So great. Now we know that this is one of the challenges. What do we do about it? Well, It's hard, like I said, it's hard to have a positive thought process. It's hard to 
look, sit back and look at the beautiful things in your life if you're feeling like you're in a survival state. So how do you get out of a survival state? That's a wonderful question. And it's not easy. Um, first off, we have to know that we're triggered and that we're in a fight, flight, or freeze state. The best way to do that is to take a deep breath. Okay. Yes, I know. I can hear you all going, oh God. Yes. Breathing, slowing down our breath, taking our taking a minute to switch our brain thoughts. Okay, if we if we let our thoughts run, if we let our stress, our fear run away with itself, then we're going to stay in that reactive state. We're going to constantly just be reacting to whatever's happening around us. We'll constantly be reacting to whatever thoughts we're having. We're not going to make a switch. So taking the time to actually slow down our breath, think about it entering our body, leaving our body, and really just focusing on making it a slow, relaxed progress helps make that switch from the amygdala to your cognitive functioning, your executive functioning, your, your, your forehead, so to speak. Okay. Where all of our wonderful abilities to control our thoughts come from, or really like plan out our day or really, um, logically look at situations the reason we want to make that switch again comes back to how else are we going to have a positive thought process? Okay. So why is this important? Why does it matter if you're going to stay in a fight, flight, or freeze situation? Why should you take the time and the energy and the effort to change out of fear? Well, people who are in fear are easier to control and to manipulate because, again, you're in that reactive state. You're not sitting back and using your executive functions to the full capacity that they have, that they are. Um, You can use them to the extent that it's survival based. You can use it to the extent that it's what's best for me, what's going to keep me safe in this moment. Um, You can't, it just does not extend to the fullest ability if you're in a fear response, if you're reactive from a place of fear. Now I get it. You guys, there's a lot out there to be afraid of. One of the reasons that you want to stop Take that moment, take those breaths, and so that next you can start thinking logically, okay? One of the biggest factors of fear is we're afraid of a lot of things we don't have control over, right? Let's, let's take a moment to look at this, this current situation, Okay. And I'm going to stop right here for a second and I'm going to, um, you know, disclosure, 
I'm not here to change anybody's point of view on anything, okay? I'm not here to get into a political debate. I'm not here to talk about conspiracy theories. That's not what this is about. This is about positive thinking. This is about how to make that switch, okay? And like I said earlier today, we're going to talk about the challenges. So before we can even start looking at how to be positive, how to implement positive thought processing, we really have to start looking at the challenges in the way of doing that. Okay. And right now, one of the biggest challenges in our society, in our world is fear. Okay. That being said, our current situation is a great example of what I'm talking about. If our society is afraid, it is going to be more compliant and more willing to do whatever is it's told for fear of, of its own mortality, for fear of the mortality of the ones we love, for fear. Okay, Look at how willing our society is to become hermits and stay in the house and embrace utilizing technology every single day, all day long to, to negate their worries and their fears about this illness. And this is where it gets to be like, okay, that's a healthy fear. We're doing what is needed and what is healthy to then suddenly irrational fears where even after all those steps are taken, a person is unable to let go of the fear. They're unable to sit back and take a breath and go, okay, I've done X, Y, and Z. I know that I am doing what I need to, to protect myself and my family. I know you know, I know that everything I'm doing is in the best interest of everybody I love. So now that I know that I'm doing what I need to, let's focus on how to make the best of this situation. No, a lot of people, once they're in that fear, they're staying in that fear. They're constantly watching the news. They're constantly looking at the numbers. They're constantly thinking, oh, this person sneezed. Do they have COVID-19? Okay, so that's an unhealthy level of fear. That's an irrational level of fear. That's a type of fear that eats away at the person, eats away at their health, their 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 brain processing, their reactivity, um, their their mental health. It also eats away at their relationships. I personally know that. If somebody in my life is overly reactive um, to the current situation, I'm less likely to be involved with them because I don't need that level of fear in my life. I don't need someone making it sound like everybody's contaminated and the world is, you know this is it. <laughs> this is, this is the end. This is our world forever. Ah! <laughs> I don't need that kind of energy in my life. That being said, 
again, I'm not trying to tell people what's right, what's wrong. I'm not trying to tell anyone, you need to change the way you're doing things now or something horrible will happen. No. Okay. If you want to do it, wonderful, great, I'm here and I'm going to go through this with you and hopefully what I have to say helps. And if you are listening to this and you're all like, haha, I screw you, I'm going to stick to my fear. Okay. You do you. That That's really all that matters, right? Is that we all stay focused on what we need in our lives to have a good life. And that's that's what it boils down to. Unfortunately, chronic fear doesn't help have a good life. I mean, let's let, let's take a second. Let's look at the physical health of a chronic fear. It weakens our immune system. Okay? It accelerates aging. It causes gastrointestinal problems and it creates irritable bowel syndrome. Okay? So, and I mean, think about it. If fear, if our body's fear response shuts down unnecessary systems like the digestive system to our survival, if we're living in chronic fear, of course we're going to start to develop those types of body issues, right? Because the, it's not being able to to regulate. It's not being able to constantly work the way it's meant to work, okay? Memory. I don't know how many of you have ever had this problem, but fear greatly impairs the formation of long-term memories, um, and it can even make it more difficult to regulate fear. Um, and it also increases anxiety. What? Um, fear also impacts the ability to regulate all emotions. So not just your fear making responses. And then it also impacts thinking and decision-making in negative ways, leaving us susceptible to intense emotions and impulsive reactions. Okay? Again, if you don't want to change, don't. That is completely and 100% up to you. If you do want to change, awesome. I'm here for you, and we're going to work on it. Okay? So one of the biggest impacts, the one of the biggest, let me change that, not impacts. One of the biggest ways that I have found to work with my fear, deal with my fear, is it's really a what do I control situation, okay? For instance, let's, let's look at mortality, okay? A lot of people are afraid of their own mortality, okay? I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but dying is a natural part of being a human. <gasps> what? Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. Strange, isn't it? What? Anyway, that being said, it doesn't mean that you go willy-nilly run amok. Well, if I'm going to die someday anyway, let's jump off this cliff and into unknown waters where they're might be hard, huge rocks under the water and I die. Woo-hoo! 
No. Okay. You can still take precautionary measures. You can still be careful with what you do with your life. But the fear of dying, it's irrational, you guys. Because guess what? It's going to eventually happen. How it happens, when it happens, we have very small control over. Very small. And I know, okay, I can feel some of you out there kind of raging about my words. And I'm sorry. But that fear of your mortality is also what prevents you from really living the fullest life that you possibly can. Now, I'm not saying that that means you need to be a daredevil. But if we're constantly scared about the end, how, how well are you really paying attention to the journey? How well, how, how much of yourself is showing up in every single day? How often are you stopping and going, wow, my life is freaking amazing. I've got, I've got so many beautiful, wonderful people in it. Or, wow, did anybody else see that sunrise? How often are you in your life? And how often are you going, what if this might happen? This is a possibility. What, what, what happens if this happens? Oh, I better not do that. That might happen. Okay, and right now, with our current situation, this directly, directly impacts our fear of mortality. And of course, not only our own mortality, but the mortality of the people that we love, right? Because it's very specific types of people who are having a a very strong response to the current virus. And so our fear, not only for ourselves, but for those around us and those that we love is really intense. Okay. But what do you have control over? What is within your abilities to make things safe? If you are in compliance, with what's being asked of us. You're washing your hands. You're not leaving your house unless you absolutely 100% need to. You're completely in compliance. Then what is what are you afraid of? That's right. You're afraid of things you don't have control over. So it's in situations like that where we have to let go. We literally have to like imagine our hands closed, holding on to something and just being like, I have no control over this. I need to let go and opening the hands and just letting it go. You only can control essentially yourself in, in these types of situations. And that's the biggest impact. That's the biggest way that fear like really gets in there, really gets to us because I mean, Every single one of us has a little bit of a control freak. I might have a bigger control freak than most of you. I'll, I'll, I'll take hands to that. But 
most of us have somewhere in us a little bit of a control freak, a little bit of that person that's like, ah, I don't know what's going to happen. I need to control this. Ah, that doesn't help. It doesn't change anything. And it just keeps us in that fear loop. And then that leads to the negative thinking, the negative decision-making. We start making decisions based on that fear, based on needing to be in control of everything in order to kind of placate that fear. And guess what, you guys? It does not placate the fear. Does not. It increases it. It increases it so much that you're waking up with panic attacks. You're not really sleeping at all, really. And when you are, you're having weird dreams about death or weird dreams about things chasing you or you're just, you're living in a constant state of reactivity. And it's not, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. It doesn't lead to positive thought processes. It doesn't lead to positive thinking. And it sure doesn't lead to a positive life. Right? And that's the whole purpose of this. You guys, I believe everybody deserves a positive life. I deserve that. I think that no matter who you are, how you are, you could be the biggest jerk in your world. I don't care. I still think you deserve a positive life. Now, granted, if you're the biggest jerk, it's going to be harder to have a positive life because being a jerk also comes with its own negative thought processes. And that actually can segue us into our other challenge. Now, again, all of these challenges, there's very, very simple way of overcoming them or combating them or soothing them, whatever word works for you. Okay. The next challenge to a positive thought process is dun, 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 envy, right? Were you thinking that? I bet you weren't. I bet you were still surprised. Envy is a huge challenge to having a positive thought process. Why? I bet everybody can guess. Because you're focused on everyone else and not yourself. Duh! Of course. And it's not just that. It's the fact that you're focused. And I, let me let me retract that you're. I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying anybody out there has it. Anyone who is envious of others is not focused on their life and the beauty that they already have in it. They're constantly striving for more, looking for more. And you can be envious of somebody for their life. You can be envious of somebody for their personality or, or who they are or what they have. It doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the envy is about. At the end of the day, it's still this external focus. It's still looking at your life and feeling like you're not, it's, it's worthless. Oftentimes when somebody envies another person, it's because 
They don't understand the value of what they already have. They can't look at it and be all like, wow, I have an amazing life. I am surrounded by beauty. Look at the career I've made. Look where I've been in my life. They can't do that. All they see is their faults. All they see is what's missing. Wow, I rent an apartment. I don't own a house like so-and-so. Wow, I have a full-time job, but it's not a career. I want a career like that person has. That kind of thinking really doesn't lead anywhere good. Because when we're envious, if we don't get what we want, then then we become angry and bitter. And, And now we're really just circling a lot of negative thoughts. Negative thoughts about ourselves. Negative thoughts about the people in our life. Negative thoughts about the person we envy. And it just, it becomes kind of like this cesspool that we're swimming in and there feels like there's no way out. We just start drowning in the negativity. But there is, there is a way out. Again, envy comes down to not really appreciating what we have and in some ways control. We want what we want and we want it now. And it's not fair that we can't get it when we want it. Does anybody relate to that? I know I have my moments where it's like, I could stomp my feet and throw a tantrum because I want something and then I don't get it. It's like, hey, wait a minute. I thought I, I thought I earned that. Anyways, so envy is another challenge. Um, and of course, that kind of segues also into anger. So anger can be based on envy. Anger can be based on fear. Okay. These all kind of interconnect with each other and in a very strange way. But anger can also just be based on itself. Some people look at this world and they're angry. They feel like, you know, the world cheated them. They, they feel like they're always getting the short end of the stick. So they become irritable. They're the people who drive fast because they have somewhere important to be and they're running late. They're the people who, you know, get aggressive for no reason. They just have that, that mean resting face. When I see those people, I just want to give them a hug. Usually though, when other people see them, the natural response is to get angry back, right? Like if somebody is angry towards you, how do you want to respond? Most people, there's, there's two ways. They either want to get angry back and that's a defense mechanism. That's, that can actually kind of be considered part of the fight, flight, or freeze, right? If somebody's projecting anger at you, you're going to be all like, oh, I got you, boy. Uh." And, you know, you guys can't see that, but I I just postured, right? Because 
that's what happens. People get, they stand up a little straighter. They, they roll those shoulders back. They get that mean face. And then some people, when they're presented with anger, they have more of that flight response, right? They get scared. They, they avert their eyes. They don't want to make eye contact with the person who looks so angry. They don't want to have anything to do with that person. They just want to like, I'm going to go this way while that person goes that way. Hopefully they don't see me. (laughs) And of course I have none of those responses. My general response is, Oh, that person looks angry. I should say hi to them. Some people like to think of me as more of like the poking the bear type of person. That's not necessarily the situation. It's, it's more of like any opportunity that I see to make somebody's life better or to bring some type of happiness to them. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do my best, um, to, to, to show up and provide that, that peace offering, And that's part of the positive thought processing. It's changing the way that we view not only ourselves and our emotions, but other people in theirs. It's seeing that angry person and realizing that maybe what they need is a friendly face. They don't need people to be afraid of them and they don't need people to confront them. They need someone who's going to look at them and go, wow, maybe they're having a really hard day and they just need a friendly word, right? It's easier said than done, of course. And I realize right now that this podcast has well and truly gone over my, the, the amount of time I spent on my first episode. So I do apologize, but mainly because I feel it's really important to cover the challenges to positive thought processing and the, so that you have a better understanding of what that challenge looks like for you, right? So maybe, maybe you're a future tripper. You're always thinking about the future, what you need, what, what, what might be missing, what, what might not happen, what might happen. You know, maybe you get hung up on the past, what you didn't do, what you should have done, what you could have done. Either way, anything that removes you from the here and now, anything that puts you in more of a reactive state, fear, anger, um, misery, worry, takes away the ability to focus on having positive thoughts, takes away our ability to really make our lives what we want it to be right? Because we're not here. We're not in the here and now. Anything that makes us focus on control, controlling others, controlling outcomes, again, takes away from our positive thoughts, takes away from our ability to formulate positive thoughts, our ability to be happy in our life and to move our lives in directions that we want them to go. Okay. So again, I know that this podcast today is a lot more about challenges, not so positive as my first episode, but I, I 
promise, hands to the hand to the to the sky, um, that next week's podcast we will start discussing and working on the elements needed to have a positive thought process. We will take some of these challenges and we'll look at the skills needed to overcome them and what to do once you've overcome them to kind of stay above them. Okay. And I know, again, nobody's going to be perfect at this. Okay. I'm not perfect at it. I have moments where I get angry and frustrated and I start thinking about the future or the past. It's, it's not about being perfect. I can't stress that enough. You guys, it's the intent. It's always being willing to come back to having a positive thought process. It's always willing to come back to the here and now to your life, to what you have and knowing how to formulate your thoughts in a way to where you can direct your life in the direction you want it to go. It's not just going to filter off into some random direction. Like you can actually steer your life and we'll get there. Well, I, I, I'm very excited about this podcast. I don't know if you guys have can, can tell from my tone of voice or from how off on a tangent I get in regards to talking about positive things. Um, so I look forward to the next episode. I hope that you do too. I apologize for the length of this one and may your day be as beautiful as you